seems like people don't care about people anymore. That's crazy. Um, hi. <laughs> uh, but uh, it seems like people just don't care about people anymore. Um, maybe that's just how I'm seeing it. I don't know. I mean, people care about people. It's not a, you know, I'm not saying that everybody doesn't care about people. But there's a lot of fucking assholes out there. Hope everybody's doing okay. Um, this is chilling with Dylan, episode two. Probably gonna hear a lot of cat noises in the background. I'm chilling big with my cats today. Big chilling. Um, you know, I had fun the last one. I didn't really know what to expect. <clears throat> I was just uh, kind of talking, and uh, people started listening. People were actually listening. So to the people that are listening, I appreciate you. Um, I really didn't think that people were going to listen. I just kind of wanted to use this to talk to myself and uh, kind of get some stories out and kind of vent a little bit, but at the same time, maybe give people advice. Um, I feel like I've done a lot of things in my life, so I'm able to give some advice to put uh, people in certain places. Maybe, uh, Maybe some people won't make some of the same mistakes that I made along the way with anything, you know? But, uh... I'm still tired. I remember when we were talking, uh, I talked to you guys last time. I was, I was tired. <clears throat> I'm still tired. Target's got me exhausted. And I remember when I talked to you guys uh, last week or two weeks ago, I, told, I mentioned that I worked at Target. And, uh, man, let me tell you something. Going from doing what I did my whole life every day <clears throat> and not ever having a real job. See, it's crazy, man. I grew up from the time I was 16 to, you know, really the last couple of years, three years, four years, uh, just doing music. And that was my job. And then, you know, as an adult, I get thrown into retail, something I've never <laughs> fucking done ever. And uh, you want to talk about culture shock. The last, when I was in Nashville, that store was fine. And you would think it would be the complete opposite. Like, you would think that I would, you know, it, it, was, it was weird. It was such a fucking weird thing because I went to Nashville and I'm, I'm working at Target. I'm like, no one's going to know who I am. Well, slowly but surely, I think I was there in Nashville for like three weeks. And uh, I had a customer come up to me and go, are you Dylan Holland? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, I used to watch you on YouTube, blah, blah, blah. And that happened probably three or four more times, me working in Nashville. Um, and that happened probably three or four times of me working in Nashville, uh, which is crazy. I just never thought that that would happen living there. Um, so I was, I was like, damn, that's actually pretty cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... Uh, then it started happening with the workers, but they just got on my Instagram. And, like, they had looked my name up and found me, and then that happened that way. I've been at the Target here in uh, where I'm at now in my hometown, and nobody knows who the fuck I am. <laughs> I'm literally, like, like, nobody knows who I am at all, and I, it's great. And that's like, that's what I want because I don't really want people to know me as Dylan the singer because 
people have, have like already have an idea made up in their head of who I'm going to be or like what I'm going to act like or what kind of person I'm going to be. And uh, that's just that's just how it is. I mean, that, that's just how we are as humans. So um, it's nice for me to have a chance to just not for somebody to not know who I am before I meet them. Um, because and because that's just quite frankly, that's just kind of how my life has gone. It's just kind of like people, especially being at home, because I'm from a small town, anyways. So everybody already knows everybody. Um. So if you know, if you grew up here, you you either heard of me or like party with me or hung out with me and. I don't know. People now, people don't really give a fuck about me. And here, not not in a bad way. I don't mean that in a bad way. Not like, well, f- like, fuck him. We don't care. I don't mean that. I mean, like, I'm just Dylan here. And, you know, I, it's not that I 100% like staying here. I think that the way that I look at it is I spent a lot of my life traveling around and seeing everything and seeing all these places. And the number one thing that I always took back from going on all these adventures and to all these places was that uh, home really is where the heart is sometimes, you know. Uh, This is like where my support system is, all the people that love me, that I know love me, um, my real friends, my family, and if I had it my way right now, I wouldn't even be here. I would, I would not be, I would not be in my hometown, but you know, um, when I moved to Nashville pre COVID and then COVID happened, um, there, all that was really out of my control. It was out of everybody's control. So, but I'm going to go back. My plan is to go back to Nashville. I'm going to end up going back to Nashville. But when I go back to Nashville, you know, it'll be nice because it's going to be done the right way and we won't have anything. Hopefully, we won't have any, anything super random sprung up on us. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I like, you know, I, it's the store that I'm working at now is very interesting. Very interesting. I met the kid from Up the other day. He came up to me and he was like, hey, uh, somebody told me something was in an island and Dab wasn't there. I said, would you imagine that? What, what is it? What are you looking for? And he, and he said, um, pepper spray. I said, okay. So I started looking it up on my device, right? And he said, don't ask me what it's for. I, something, he started talking. I was like, I don't give a shit. Um, it's in C37. And he said, okay, I just didn't want you to ask me. I wanted you to know I was responsible, and apparently, and I was like, no. I was like, man, it's okay. You can go ahead. Like, I'm not your mom. You're good. And then uh, it was weird. It was the same day this French lady and her teenage kids walked up to me, and they're really sweet. She was like, hi, I'm looking for this ant spray. Can you help me find it? I was like, yeah, it's like right around the corner. Walk around this corner. So I took her over to her. And she wasn't there. I took her over to it, and what she was looking for wasn't there. We didn't carry it, right? So, I started suggesting some other things. I, I just like was like, this is good, this is good. This one's good for this, blah, blah, blah. And as I'm talking, I look over at her teenage daughter, and she's just looking at me like, 
I was like, she doesn't speak English. That makes sense. So I just, I asked anyway, though. I was like, I asked her, are you confused? Like, it, is there, you have any questions? And she was like, real, looked at me like disgusted, kind of. I was like, don't, damn. I was like, I was like, I must have said something that she don't understand. And uh, she said, but how do we keep the ants out of the house? Completely English accent, by the way. No French. I, I just looked at her. And I was like, pardon my French, but like, I'd, if I was in pest control, I wouldn't be working grocery at Target. Like, and y'all are dealing with some French ants. I don't even know. I don't know what to do about those. You guys got to call somebody. You got, you got to get on Craigslist. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know what you want from me. And that really made me feel some type of way. <laughs> the other day, it was, uh, like I said, the store's just wild. It's a wild story. The other day, somebody tried to take somebody's baby. Apparently, somebody just tried to, like, spark up a conversation with this lady and then just run out with their baby. I heard on the walkie, they were like, we got a code red. And I was like, I didn't know what a code red was, so I had to ask, but that's what that was. And then later on, I saw somebody post about it. I didn't get away with it, though, but crazy. Yeah, man, it's really weird going, uh, going straight into retail after doing what I did. And I, you know, it's, and I think it might be a lot of ego. I think a lot of it's my ego. He's a funny guy. Um, but, uh, you know, it really is hard, guys. <laughs> like, I, I don't really know how to articulate it or put it into words or um, express to you. Going from the life that I lived as a, as a kid and then transitioning slowly, you know. It's just weird, man. I don't know how to explain it to people. Like, and, and that's kind of, it's kind of hard for me because sometimes I don't have anybody to have those conversations with or like, I don't talk about it because I don't want it to come off the wrong way because that's how I feel, you know, I feel that way and I don't know how to relate to some people about it because I don't know, maybe once again, maybe that is my ego. Maybe, um, you know. I'm assuming what other people are going to think about me when they, you know, it's just, a, it's a very confusing thing. I've always been really humble. I came from a good family. I was raised well, but there was just something about going in and working at a place like that, that was humbling and like going out and talk like, you know, just talking to people, serving the community. And it's kind of interesting. I don't know. You just, I still I still feel the same way going and helping a guest as I do when, um, you know, I do something for somebody else. I, or I, I reach out to and help a fan or a friend. That makes me feel the same way. So, I don't know. I think I'm just supposed to do good things for people and help people out in life. And I'm cool with that. And I'll do what I got to do. Um, 
I feel like for the longest time I was super insecure about it that I had to like go and get a normal job. Um, and when I really sat down and thought about it, I was like, wait, people aren't going to like fucking care, dude. You got to make money. Like, what do you mean? Like if people like it'd be if you weren't getting a job and you were just sitting on your ass doing nothing that that's when people should be concerned. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, once again, ego, man, I had a lot of ego issues that I was had to go through. And I got to resolve a lot of that through my spirituality and getting into that meditation and being alone with my thoughts. And that shit sucks. <laughs> Fuck those thoughts, baby. I don't like them. But sometimes you got to sit with the things you don't like. You just got to do it. And I've never really talked about these things with anybody. I mean, besides my maybe my girlfriend. And I've I mentioned it, you know. I and when I say I don't talk to anybody about, you know, there, I mean a select few, you know. I have a handful, like three or four people. I don't have a whole lot of friends. That's something that I kind of think that I also did to myself along the way was kind of isolate myself and. But also, but another thing that I also think about is that when you get older, it's a lot easier to not have as many friends. It's a lot easier to have a couple good friends than it is to have um, a lot of friends and then not any good friends. My ego is crazy, man. The ego, the ego in general is a crazy thing because it bleeds over into my music too. I start getting caught up on my identity as an artist and like, I'm just Dylan. I'm not identified by a certain type of genre or music. I make really fucking good rap music and I don't put it out and nobody ever hears it. I feel like in my head, because people, I feel like somehow people don't take, won't take me seriously as a rapper. And it's, and it's crazy because I'm fucking really good. And I'm, and I'm, I'm really good at it. And I'm really good at making hip hop. And I can do it better than a lot of people that I know or that I listen to. Like, I, I'm confident in that. But. I'm just making music. I'm not making it to like be a certain way or like who I am is who I am. I'm not I'm not doing it to act or be a certain way. And part of my ego's like don't put it out because you know don't put it out. Just don't do it. Just let it sit. But people want to hear that. People want to hear that shit. I want to hear it. I listen to it. I just think about my grandma or something. One day going to look up my music on Spotify and she clicks it and then she hears a song about like sucking dicks and then wherever that goes. I mean, my grandma's definitely sucked dicks. She sucked a lot of dicks probably. She's, a, she's probably a slutty grandma now that I think about it. 
definitely sucked a couple of dicks. And grandma's, see, and that's the thing is, grandma's suck dicks too. Everybody sucks dicks. So, that's okay. It's just music. It doesn't have to be that deep. Good music's good music, so. And that's a part of the spirituality too, is I didn't want to put that type of energy out there for people to hear. Because I want to put po like positive music and music that's like genuine and uplifting but at the same time i want to fucking vibe and be ratchet too you know you don't have to be it's just music you don't have to be a fucking i feel like if you lead a good life and you're good in your life it doesn't really fucking matter you're you're making music i don't think i'm ever gonna make one type of music that's fucking boring if you can do all of them then that's cool but if you're if you're only fucking and that's not a diss to anybody. That's I'm I'm speaking from my perspective of my life and how I feel like that would feel for me. That's fucking boring for me. I can't imagine just making all rap or all like singer songwriter or all pop. Like you gotta switch it up and be different. Or I have to switch it up and be different. I don't mean you gotta. I got to switch it up and be different. I can't just do that. It it doesn't feel. That's a box, man. I don't want to sit in a box. I just don't want to be in that box. And my ego. And I think that my ego also kind of makes me afraid to the point where like. I'm almost afraid to get that, like, what I had back because that devil on my shoulder or my, or my demons or whatever, they're like, uh, my demons are kind of like figuring out how they can abuse it or, you know, do the, do the shit that, you know, be the, I just feel like I'm afraid because I'm going to have to go through those hoops and those, those, those temptations. And like I said, I'm glad I, like we talked about in the last podcast, I'm, I've, I'm glad I know what I know now because I can go into it with a different mind. But you know what? It, like, don't you wish it was that easy? Doesn't everybody wish it was that easy? There's always going to be that. There's always going to be that. It doesn't go away. It'll be there. But it's just about how, uh, it's about how bad you want to be who you want to be, you know? That's what it's about. And I think back then I didn't know who I wanted to be. I still don't really know who I want to be, but I know who I am. And I'm cool with that. Back then I didn't really know. It was weird. I remember my first time and my last time only going to a strip club and it was on tour. We were in San Diego. We hadn't even been on the road yet, I don't think. We were in a hotel parking lot and there was a strip club next door and it actually turned out to be this strip club that Molly Crew sings about and girls, 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 which is hilarious. I didn't figure that out until later. But... <laughs> it's funny because I had never been and I'm not going to mention names just for the sake of uh, just for the sake of people I don't know what people want me to talk about in their life I'm talking about mine I don't want to I don't want to rat anybody out you feel me 
I don't want to be a rat. So, my my buddy's dad, who we were happened to be on tour with us, he he decided that he wanted to take all the kids that were, uh, eighteen, twenty one. I, I I'm pretty sure it was eighteen. No, I was twenty one. No, I wasn't twenty one. I was definitely like nineteen twenty. I uh, it, it was in nineteen twenty. We all had top hats. We all had top hats. It was like 19 or 20 and we walked in there it was me and like two of my buddies and his dad and then somebody else and I remember they were they were this shit was ratchet as fuck it was not it was not it it just wasn't it for me um it had to have been one of those one of those uh pop-up strip clubs that they that they just make real fast that wasn't it for me. They were playing my music or playing somebody's music. I don't remember. But I remember I, uh, he brought me a private dance, and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, all right. This is it. Let's go. I went back in the room. But looking back, I, looking back, and when I think about how I looked, I looked probably 15 years old. I had like a, I don't know. I looked 15. We literally talked the whole time, and she cried, and she like, she like, I like somehow made her cry. Not in a bad way. She was just like talking about something. She started crying. I don't even remember what she was talking about. Um, but she was crying, and I was like, "Hey, like," she was like, "You're really nice." Blah blah blah. I was like, "Yeah, you should come to this show tomorrow. We're playing up the street." Blah blah blah. I invited this stripper to this show. It's fucking. So, uh, she was like, "Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I'll come." And I was like, "Yeah, she's not gonna come, but it's all good." So we left. I left the strip club. I, I've, I've, I, don't, I haven't been in a strip club since then. Because I, I just don't fuck with strip clubs. I mean, it's nothing against, like, sex workers or strippers. You do your thing. Make your money. I tot, I'm tot not against it. It's just not for me. I just don't want to spend my money on that. Um, but left there. My bodyguard at the time had been there. And he, uh, I come out. I don't remember the exact details of this, but at the show the next day, my bodyguard shows up and he's with this stripper that I cried in the back room to me. And uh, come to find out, she stayed in his room that previous night. So he, uh, to put this in context for you, my bodyguard was like this like 50-year-old like linebacker black man, like OG. He went to, he, <laughs> he told me one time that he grew up in Compton. He told me, he went to school with Ice Cube and Dr. Dre. And uh, he's like, I knew Ice Cube when he was just water in the tray. I'll never forget he said that. That shit was so funny. That shit was so goddamn funny. Him and my dad got along really good. My dad loved Derek. He's awesome. I will say Derek's name because he's fucking gangster. I love Derek. But that was crazy. And then to top it off, this, this was wild. I think this was the, the, the day before. In that same parking lot. In that same exact parking lot. I had hit up this girl. Nobody was at the bus but me. I think like somebody was out doing like radio runs or some shit. Nobody was at the bus but me. I hit this girl up. I said, hey, come hang out. I think in my head I was trying to have sex with this girl probably. At the time. That's what I thought. But she got there and like I honestly caught like the coolest vibe with her. And I ended up like liking the girl. I really liked the girl. We hung out. We like got something to eat. We weren't on the bus. We, like, chilled outside the bus for a little bit. Then we went inside the bus, and 
we chilled in the back and we were watching a movie. And at this point, I didn't think any was gonna anything was gonna happen. I didn't really care. I was vibing with this girl. She turned out to be really fucking cool. I didn't mind. So all of a sudden, I hear all hell breaking loose up at the front of the bus. Like my manager's like beating on shit, dude. He opens up the story, like, fucking flies in, and he goes, oh, you got this fucking slut on the bus, freaking out on me. Calls her a slut. Like, this fucking girl, poor girl, hasn't even done anything. Not even close. We've just literally been kicking it. Calls her a slut, kicks her off the bus, makes her leave. She leaves. Like, probably fucking terrified. My manager's in my face. We're gonna call him, you know, yeah, fuck this. We're gonna call him Jim. Alright, this is who, what we're going to call this guy's name. Because, like I said, I'm, I don't, I can't talk, I'm not going to talk about people's names just because I don't know what can happen. We're going to call him Jim. So Jim's yelling at me in my face, screaming at me, telling me that he's going to kick my ass and that I'm off the tour. He's going to kick me off the tour because I was, I was fucking girls in the bus. Which I wasn't. And by the way, that never happened when we were on tour. We never had sex in the tour buses. We couldn't because if some girl said that we raped her or anything, it was her word over ours always. And it's and it, as it should be because, I mean, and you're in a bus with a bunch of dudes. It kind of looks like that anyway. So that never happened for people ever. If people have ever wondered that, never did. Insurance doesn't cover that. <laughs> so... Yeah, screamed at this girl, screaming to me. I call my dad. I'm like, yo, like, he's, like, and my dad hears the way that he's talking to me. And my dad, like, for anybody that knows my dad, my dad doesn't fuck around. Like, if he hears somebody talking to I mean, if you hear somebody talking to your kid like that. First of all, he, my, my dad freaks out, told me that he, like, obviously, you can probably, I don't know what he said. But you can probably guess what he said. So he calms down, whatever. Somehow that blows over. But Jim turned out to be a real... Jim turned out to be a pedophile. Jim, Jim was one of those pedophile guys. He was a diddler. Um, and we didn't even know it, which was crazy. We had no idea. Here, this guy. This was the manager that had made me more money than anybody in my entire career. To, to this day. To this day. And we had no idea. He was a pedophiliac. We had no idea, and the the crazy thing is that we were, I think that one time we were on tour, when we found this out, we were on tour in New, New York or something, we were on the subway, and we had gotten, a, me and my buddy had, had me and, so we were on the subway, and me and my buddy both had him as, as a manager at that time, so um, me and him were everywhere together, and we're looking at DMs, and we have a DM from a fan, and she's saying, hey, your manager is, is this your manager's account? Um, and we look at it, and it's, it's our manager's account, but it's from years ago, and he's posing as an underage boy trying to get pictures from a younger girl. So we're like, what the fuck? So then, like, somehow a chain reaction happens, and then multiple fans start sending this shit, and we're like, oh, great. And then we started connecting dots in our head. And we were kids, man. We were kids. And we were, like, doing meet and greets. And we were doing things. And this dude would be, like, point out hot girls to us and be like, hey, you want me to get her number for you? And you know what, dude? Sometimes I'd be like, yeah, sure. Because I'm a fucking kid and I'm not thinking anything like that. Like, that's how people like that work. They just, they, manip they manipulate you. 
that you have no idea. That's just how people like that work. And I didn't know that. So then we started connecting all these dots in our head and we were like, what the fuck? So then there was a confrontation about it. We ended up telling like my dad and then our bodyguard and then my buddy's mom and they ended up all having a meeting in the bus. My dad happened to be out on the road at this time with us and so did his mom. So our bodyguard and them got into the front of the bus with dude and basically told him, hey, we know this, this and this. Get the fuck out. Bye. And it was crazy, dude. And that was like catastrophic because after that I was like, well, fuck. And after that point, it was kind of. It was kind of hard for me to get shows and do all that shit. And then I got new management and then, you know, but that was crazy, dude. Yeah, people, people don't know that. And going through that was wild. That was a crazy thing. And I've got, I've, I've got so many stories like that. And that's what I'm excited about this for because I can tell people <laughs> some of these stories and get some of this, uh, get some of these, and get some of these uh, tales off my chest because I got a lot of them. How do you hear my neighbor stomping? Damn, dude. Stop it! Quit it! Theo Vaughn would be like, I'm upstairs! <laughs> Theo Vaughn's hilarious. I like to watch, I like to listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, when, I need, when I need to laugh, I listen to him. He's great. Um, yeah, man, it was crazy. I, I think my, probably my favorite place to go was always Canada. Something crazy always happened in Canada, man. Toronto was nuts. And I think I liked it a lot because when I was 19, I was able to drink there. I remember, oh, man. I want to tell stories, but my, I think my girlfriend would kill me. <laughs> so I won't tell some of those, man. But I've had some very crazy times in Canada. This The, the one time that really stuck out to me was uh, the venue was next to a strip of bars. There was so many bars there. And after the show one night, we immediately just went and started getting fucking hammered. I think me and me and my buddy Chase. I remember I was so fucked up at one point that I saw this lady. I think she was a bridesmaid. It was a bunch of bridesmaids standing there. And they were smoking a joint. And it was like a roach. It was tiny. It was like nothing left. And I went up to her and I was like, I will give you a hundred American dollars for that for that that little thing right there if you give it to me I'll, I'll just take it it looked at me like I was crazy and I was because I hit that thing one time and it was gone so I don't know what the fuck I was thinking I still lose sleep over that I'm like I really I don't understand why I would do something like that but I remember that night I was it was bad I had alcohol poisoning I was like 19 years old and uh the big shout out to my friend Alyssa Schaus's mom, because if it wasn't for her, I probably would have died that night because I remember being on the bus and she like was taking care of me. And like, I was like leaning over dying. I don't remember leaning over dying, but I kind of do. I have glimpses and, and, um, <laughs> we had to cross back over the border and the drinking age obviously is 21 in the United States. And I'm fucking hammer. I'm, I'm blackout drunk with, alcohol poisoning I'm basically not even I don't exist at this point right and I have to get off the bus they're, they're trying to figure out how to get me off the bus to walk me into uh, customs so I can like get through the fucking border and they like wrap me up in a blanket and basically like I don't know how they walked me in there and I did it but <laughs> Canada's always been very crazy to me I've always loved Canada 
I'm really excited. I have a new song dropping. It should have. It might have dropped at this point. It should have by the time that you hear this. It should have dropped. Um, it's called Breathe. I'm very excited about it. Just because it's it's a it's just a different vibe from the last one. It's but it's the same similar message. It's a life message. So I'm I'm really excited about it. And I'm excited for you guys to listen to this too. And I'm gonna have uh. A couple guests on here shortly and within the next couple episodes and i think that you guys are really going to enjoy listening to them um it's going to be fun and i and i want you guys to reach out to me too tell me what you think tell me if you're connecting with me uh, what you want to hear me talk about i want to have a couple uh og fans on here too to talk and uh, give their perspective and ask me questions and kind of like get their perspective from what it was like back then versus what they think it's like right now because people thought it was toxic back then like the fandoms man right now it's hard to exist in that world right now it's very hard i think it's hard to just exist period honestly but you got to get up. You have to. And that's the that's the thing that uh I think that's what sucks. <laughs> Some days you just don't want to get up. Some days you just don't want to get up. And that's okay, man. That's okay. It's okay not to get up some days. I think that a lot of people don't want to deal with their feelings. I kind of touched on that earlier with sitting with those thoughts in your head and being with your feelings and I think that it's a lot easier to be with your feelings and drop the story. Drop the story of why you feel that way. Oh, my, my back, my, my stomach hurts. I have anxiety about this because of this, because of, you know, drop the story and just be in the feeling. Don't, don't, get, don't give yourself a story. Just drop that shit. Just feel things. And most of the things that you feel aren't going to feel good, but you're here to feel things. You are here as a human being to feel things. And that's the human experience. And uh, I think that since we have the opportunity to be grateful for it, that we should be, you know, take everything for what it is. It's really hard for me to get out of bed every single day. It was really hard for me to get get on this microphone and make this podcast. I didn't even want to do it. I, I've been putting it off to do it because I just didn't fucking want to. I just don't have the energy to. And that's mental energy. I don't have the energy to do a lot of things a lot of times, but I found that once you start doing something that you don't want to do, then it just rolls and it just it just keeps going and you you start doing it and you don't even think about it from there on out. You just got to make the effort. You just got to really try. Because no one's going to do anything for you either, you know? No one's going to make you do the things that you want to do for you. Unless they, unless you got, unless they got their fucking hand up your asshole. Coming out, you know, like you're a puppet. That's not, it's not right. That's not right. If you, if that's happening, then you shouldn't even fucking be listening to this. You should be somewhere else. I just think that you should try. Just give yourself an effort. You just got to try it. You just got to try. 
Just make sure you try. But like, you know, there's uh you know those dog treats? Um, the ones that look like bacon. I want to try those all the time. I've I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about trying those. So, just try things. Try to try to try to get up and try to just try to feel things. And don't be afraid to be you either, because you know, like I I found out that like perfect people fucking suck. And like, if your life is perfect, then you are boring. You're, you, you, listen, listen, you, you're fucking boring. Nobody, nobody wants to be around you. I'm just kidding. But everybody hates you. Um, I really, everybody hates you. Uh, I really, 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 really appreciate everybody that's uh, tuning in. I'm actually getting so many more people than I thought that I would. And people in, uh, that I know in my, personal life too uh reaching out and they're they're saying that they liked it so uh i think that that's fun it's fun for me to just sit here and talk my shit and uh if people want to listen they can listen and that's just kind of how i feel about it that's how i feel so i appreciate you and uh i hope that you like the new shit that i'm dropping i hope that everybody's liking the new music i hope you guys liked home um I'm going to keep dropping shit. And I think that, like I said, I think I'm going to drop some rap stuff too. I'm going to because my grandma sucks dicks. Your grandma sucks dicks. So I love you guys and I appreciate you. Keep chilling.